I had to figure out ways to put study time in because I couldn't work a 10 hour day, go home and, and neglect my family and say, I'm doing this for the Lord. That's ridiculous. So I've got to figure out time to, to study for that. And I also can't show up on Sunday and say, well, I just didn't have time. You guys are going to get whatever half-baked ideas that happen to come out and I'm going to ramble for an hour. Hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 202. I'm your host, Mike Neglia, and the voice that you just heard is that of Cody King. Uh, Cody is the founding and the lead pastor of Redemption Calvary in Commerce City, Colorado. Uh, He planted the church in 2014 and only relatively recently came on as a full-time employed vocational pastor. So in those early years, Cody King was a cable guy by day and a pastor and preacher by night, in addition to husband and father. So Cody speaks with Nick Katie about bivocational ministry, the perils and the benefits of working two full-time jobs, and the needed diligence and also some study hacks uh, that he used uh, to make the most of the limited time that he has. So maybe some of you are aware or, or maybe not, but for the month of December and into January, uh, we are not creating any new episodes uh, for the Expositors Collective podcast. We're, we're digging into the vault and we're pulling out old treasures. And this conversation originally took place in September of 2019 between Cody and Nick Cady. But I've actually been like specifically requested by more than a few people to focus on bivocational ministers uh, more on the podcast. I think statistically, most preachers on the face of the earth are bivocational. And so we do want to honor you. Uh, We do want to acknowledge you. And I hope that this episode is of benefit to you. Cody and Nick are both going to be, Lord willing, joining me in February uh, at Costa Mesa, California for our next in-person training event. So if you are near Southern California, or if you're able to travel to Southern California, February 17th or 18th, I I really encourage you to make the journey and to come join us uh, for a Friday and for a Saturday for our next in-person training event. Uh, It is a potentially life-changing and ministry-enhancing time of just like intense Uh, cooperative, collaborative uh, discussion, mentorship, and growth. We want to help you grow in your personal study and public proclamation of God's Word. I hope this podcast does, and if possible, I hope that you can join us in February in person in Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa for our next in-person training event. Okay, I'm going to get out of the way. Here's Cody and Nick speaking about bivocational ministry.
Welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast. Uh, I'm Nick Cady, and I'm here today with Cody King of Redemption Calvary. Hey, Cody, thanks for being on the podcast yeah, with us. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to be able to do this with you. So we're recording in Longmont, Colorado at uh, at Whitefield's church's office, our church's office, and uh, thanks for driving up. Yeah. Um, Cody, maybe just introduce yourself to our listeners. Um, you've been a part of the last few Expositors Collective events, training weekends. Yeah. So some people who have been to those are going to know you. Sure. But for those who don't know you, uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your ministry here in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, like you said, my name is Cody King. Uh, I'm the uh, lead pastor at Redemption Calvary. Um, and I planted that church five years ago. Um, and, uh, moved out from Southern California to be able to plant the church. Um, we, I, I kind of counted as the first year was a home Bible study and kind of getting some things put together. Um, and then we've been actually officially launched as a church for four years. So I say five years, but four years is for church, you know, where the church is officially, I guess, existed <laughs> beyond a, a home Bible study kind of a thing. Um, and, uh, so yeah, been, been doing that for the last, uh, for the last five years. I, I love Expositors Collective. I remember when, um, you had reached out to me about it. Um, I originally just thought it was like some, some cool graphics on Instagram. That's oh, all really? I thought it was. Wow. I didn't really know about it. Um, and then you'd reached out to me to participate in the one here in, in Denver. Denver. Yeah. Yeah. And, and man, I can't tell you how excited I was to be able to be a part of it because, um, it's something that I'm, I'm passionate about. I really want people to be equipped and trained to teach the Bible. Well, it's, yeah. it's something that drives me. And you and your wife, you're like a team. You guys have been at the events mm -hmm. and she's been ministering to ladies and, and coaching and yeah. things like that. It's been really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. It's exciting. I, I love it. In fact, it, something that's interesting is before I knew what Expositors was at our church, I was doing a four-week expository teaching class right. and it happened to coincide with the event. And so um, I was just, uh, I don't know, I'm just fired up about it. I love everything about it. Uh, I guess the reason I love it is because for me, um, I look back at, at my teaching past and I think I could have benefited a lot from someone who knew what they were doing to actually give me some direction, some advice. A lot of what I did was just kind of accidental and trying. Right. You like invent the wheel. It mm -hmm. would have been nice if somebody gave you like yeah. some blueprints or been a lot easier. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> right. It's like putting together Ikea furniture without the instructions. <laughs> well, even with the instructions, man, right. yeah. those little weird guys, you don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So, Hey, could you maybe tell, uh, tell us a little bit about your background? So you've been in Colorado now for five years, five years. Yeah. Uh, before that? Uh, so before that, uh, I lived in Southern California. I'm originally from Arizona. So I grew up in a little town in, uh, in Arizona called Sholo. Uh, so that's not Cholo. It's, <laughs> it's, it's actually Sholo. Uh, and just a, a little mountain town. Grew up there. Um, I got saved when I was 17. I, I didn't really grow up in the church. I was kind of part of the that Christmas and Easter club. You know, my family would show up at church on special days or whatever. And I got saved when I was 17 and immediately I knew that I was called into, into ministry. I, I didn't know what that meant, but I knew that God had called me right from the day I was saved. Uh, God used a, a significant event with the, the youth pastor. Um, he just touched my back to pray over me as I was giving my life to the Lord. And God spoke to me in that moment telling me what he's doing for you, you do for other people. And so I just, you know, I started uh, um, pursuing the Lord. I knew I didn't know the Bible. Um, and uh, so I knew I needed to learn it. So I went to Calvary Bible College and tried to get some 
understanding there and God radically transformed my life. And so from there, I was able to um, start volunteering at a church in, uh, in Southern California after uh, getting married. I'd been married for about six months, um, started volunteering at a church there. And um, from there, they asked me to come on staff. And so I took over the junior high ministry as a junior high director. And uh, about a year later, I was ordained as one of their pastors. So I was 24, ordained as a pastor at this church. And I remember uh, they uh, um, they told me after I was one of the pastors at the church that I was going to be on, on this on-call rotation. And uh, man, I'm like, I'm a kid. What am I? What am I going to tell these people? You know. And so the rotation was a preaching rotation. No, sorry, it was uh, just a pastoral ministry. You know, like people call in to say, "Hey, I got something going on." And I remember uh, I had to share a, an office with an older, older pastor. And uh, I got off the phone on my first time getting a phone call. It was like a, a marriage question, and uh, he encouraged me. He's like, "All right, that's that's how you do it," and he gave me some direction. So it was cool, but. So anyway, I was able to, to do that and uh, was on staff at that church for a number of years. I was teaching every week, um, multiple times a week, two to three times a week on a Wednesdays, Sundays. Uh, we added a Saturday night service, so I was teaching then as well. Um, I was teaching up to five different times on uh, over a weekend because of the multiple services. Um, and then I was, I was able to, to preach for the, the pastor there uh, as well. Some, sometimes they asked me to do that. Um, and then from there, I helped to plant a church from, from, from that church with the executive pastor about 20 miles south. And so we planted a church there, um, and which was interesting for me because I had actively said I would never plant a church because it's ridiculous. It's too much work. <laughs> that was my actual thought. Um, and I thought, why plant a church? Why not just help something that's already doing well? And so that was my mentality. But God had to change that stuff in me, you know, and he did that and really gave me a heart and desire for church planting and church planters. Um, I love church planters. I love encouraging them. I love being able to spend time with them and just offer any kind of help that I can, even if it's just prayer and, and friendship, you know? So I, I love church planters. Um, and so we planted that church. I did that as the assistant and we planted it as a, hopefully to be a church planting church. I mean, obviously God's the one who does that. You don't get to decide. Um, but we planted it as hoping to be a church planting church. And um, I thought my job was going to be to train, equip and send. I did not have a, a desire to go. Uh, but God changed that after about seven years. Uh, so I was there for seven years and then God called us to come out here. Uh, that was about five and a half years ago. Cool. You know that we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who um, I think can relate to where you were at at different stages in your life. You yeah. know, there are people who are teaching junior high, you know, in high school groups and, and teaching every week. Yeah. And then there are some who are, you know, teaching occasionally for the, for the main service. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, you know, what, what we've had a lot of feedback on is like people who teach, um, and work at the same time. So sure. by, by vocational. Yeah. So I know that you, for the first, how, like five, how many four, years? Four, four years. years. Yeah. You were by vocational meant that you worked a full-time job Yep. and you preached every Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, tell us a little bit about that, particularly what I'm interested in knowing is how did you do that? Like how many hours a week were you working at your job? And then how, what was your schedule? Like, how did you preach good sermons uh, and work a full-time job? Yeah, I think it's, man, that's a really, really good question. I, be, I've had the opportunity to be bivocational um, three times. Uh, so the first time was when I was 
uh, going to uh, serve in student ministry. I was volunteering and working a full-time job. And I, that job, I was working about 40 hours a week. And then I, uh, when we, I planted the first church, um, I was the, in the assistant role and I was teaching probably about, I don't know, six times a year, maybe something like that. So it wasn't really often, but I was teaching home Bible studies during that time. Um, and so, uh, do, doing that, uh, being bivocational before then I went on staff at that church and then planting this church, uh, being bivocational for four years. And it's literally just been just over a year, just May, a couple of months ago was when I was able to go full time a year ago. So it's just, just been over a year. Um, and there's a lot of differences within each of those kinds of things. So, uh, I think that, you know, in teaching week to week, um, as uh, I'm trying to prepare, quality sermons, right? Because that's, and there's three things when you're, when you're thinking about a church that matter the most. And, um, we tend to put a lot of attention on the preaching because that's what we care about. And it's, what's the most valuable in terms of, uh, what people are receiving, but really as far as what people need, they need a good kids ministry. You know, they need to know that their kids are, we've gone, my wife and I have gone to churches. We have four kids. We have four daughters. So you can pray for me. I've got, (laughs) I live in an estrogen ocean, (laughs) uh, but, uh, so we've got four kids and I remember visiting churches where we were apprehensive. You know, we put our kids in there and it's almost like, it doesn't matter what the pastor's talking about. I'm worried about my girls and are they okay? And am I, am I going to get them back, you know, the same or better than when I gave them to you, you know? Um, so I think that that matters a lot, but you know, it's the kids ministry, the music and the preaching, right? Those are the three kind of things that you've got to have in order to really be able to effectively minister to people. And so how do you, you know, I don't have really control over some of those other ones, but I got control over the preaching one. So how do I do this the best that I can with the time that I've got? Because when I was uh, planting Redemption, um, we, you know, I'm working for, uh, for Comcast as a cable installer. Um, and I'm literally the cable guy, you know, going into people's houses. So I'm installing phone and internet and TV and security systems and, you know, doing all those kinds of things. Um, and the job is, is really demanding. Um, I got to be at work at 7am and I literally don't know when I'm going to get off. And so, uh, daily I worked minimum of 10 hours. So I, I worked 10 to 12 hours every single day. Um, and, uh, sometimes six days a week. So doing that and then trying to figure, I'm going to plant a church and I'm going to have a marriage and I'm going to have four kids. Like where does, where does all this time come from? And, and I remember people asking me the question, you know, what do you, how do you do this? And I, I guess I, when it, it really comes down to it, I point to, it's got to be the grace of God. I, I look at it and say, God made me capable to do things in that time with the time that I had. Um, and so that's God's side. That's the, the miraculous God coming through side. The other side of it, though, I think is discipline. That's the other aspect. It's, it's like 1 Corinthians 9, I think, where Paul says, you know, I beat my body and make it my slave. I think there's a big part of what we do as Bible teachers and Bible preachers that has to do with discipline. You, you've just got to work some disciplines into your life. Um, and so, um, you know, for me, I had to figure out ways to put study time in because I couldn't work a 10 hour day, go home and and neglect my family and say, I'm doing this for the Lord. That's ridiculous. So I've got to figure out time to to study for that. And I also can't show up on Sunday 
and say, well, I just didn't have time. You guys are going to get whatever half-baked ideas that happen to come out, and I'm going to ramble for an hour. So my, my friend told me that he went to a church where the pastor was bivocational, and he said that uh, every now and then the pastor would run out of time to prepare his sermon, and they would just have uh, all worship Sunday. Oh, wow. And he said that soon after that started, uh, there began to be a lot of all worship Sundays. Like it was like <laughs> this is uh, now planned. once a month to Yikes. like three times a month. Yeah. I don't think that that's wise. Yeah. Or, uh, I mean, if the Holy spirit directs you to do that, that's one thing, but just saying I didn't feel like studying or I think the guy was slammed, but it clearly yeah. you were pretty slammed for sure. 60 hours sometimes yeah. a week. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you do when you're doing that? Well, so, you know, uh, one of the things that really comes to my mind as you're saying that is first Corinthians chapter four, uh, Paul says in there, um, let a man so consider us as stewards of the mysteries of Christ, right? That's what it says in verse one. And then verse two says, moreover, it's required that stewards be found faithful. Yeah. Faithfulness is the requirement. So God knows my schedule. God knows my time. God knows how much I have to give. God knows my mental capacity. He knows when I'm exhausted and I open the Bible and I read it and the words literally don't make sense, which is by the way, a bad time to write notes. Don't, don't <laughs> write notes when you, you don't really even understand what you're reading. Um, but you know, he understands all those things and there is a miraculous element by which we've got to rely on the Lord to make up for that. But I can't use that as an excuse for my lack of discipline or my, my unwillingness to be faithful. And so what I ended up doing was um, part of my job with Comcast was that uh, I was a, a subcontractor. So that what that meant was I wasn't an hourly employee. I was only getting paid when I was doing installs. So all of the time that I was sitting in between jobs and didn't have a job, that was all my time. Uh, so I was able to work in some study time then, you know, I could open up my Bible and, you know, sit in my truck waiting, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour sometimes for another job. Um, and, uh, I would be able to put some study time in there or, you know, for me, as I'm, I had a job where I was driving. And so what I could do is put my GPS on and literally mindlessly follow the blue line. And, uh, then I could listen to messages and allow someone to, to speak into me, or I'm praying and I'm mulling over the verses that I'm reading for that week, trying to get into the scriptures as early in the week as possible, you know, right away, just so that I'm thinking on them and, and they're in my heart and I'm praying on them and I'm asking the Lord about them. And, and so as I'm driving, the, a lot of times uh, God would be faithful to speak to me about those sections of scripture. And then I would dictate notes to my, my notes app. Um, sometimes it sounded crazy and I didn't really know what I was talking about, but I could get the gist of it, you know? Um, and uh, so, you know, really, really important to do that. But really what I tried to do was I tried to get my, um, uh, structure and outline pretty well set, not, not really massaged and, and, you know, transitions worked out, or even for me, one of the hard things that, that I have a, a really uh, difficult time with is analogies and things like that. The most of that stuff comes to me in the moment. Um, I don't really pre-plan a lot of that, uh, which is nerve wracking because I know they're important and I want them to be in there, but you know, the, the Lord really hasn't, I guess my brain doesn't work that way. So I, I do put a few in, but most of them come in the moment. And so a lot of that stuff isn't worked out, but by around Thursday, I would have some sort of outline, some sort of really solid structure to where if I would, you know, if you put a gun to my head and said, you had to preach this, I, I guess I could, but I wouldn't feel like it was faithful or like it was really well done. Um, I would, I guess I could teach it. Um, and then what I would do is I would wake up at four 30 in the morning on Sunday, mm. write the message 
and then preach that message. It makes me that makes me nervous just thinking about it. <laughs> I'm getting I'm starting to have like anxiety attack uh, right hot now. Hot flashes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the coffee. Maybe. Yeah. For, oh man, that's that scares me. Honestly, yeah. like I I love going to bed on uh-huh. Saturday and knowing that like it's done. I'm done. I just go to show up in the morning. Anyway, so yeah, but it worked. Well, it wasn't so. It wasn't by choice, you know. It was just I don't have time anywhere else. You know, I, I maybe have an hour here and there during the week um, to to be able to put some time into this, and I would get some some you know structure around it, some ideas, some things I felt like the Lord was impressing on my heart and mind, and you know, and then I would listen to uh, David Guzik or John Corson or you know something like that to really fill in some of those gaps for me and to check my theology, make sure I'm not coming up with stuff that's clearly not in the text. And, uh, and so, you know, being able to listen to someone teach it was really helpful, um, as, because I didn't, I can't drive and read, so I couldn't read commentaries. I had to listen to commentaries instead. So, you know, just finding some faithful sources of of being able to do that. And then, you know, I, I just didn't have blocks of time where I could do it. And so I, you know, I was stuck with, I'm going to do this. And so it was weird and I didn't like it. And I felt, I felt crazy, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to let this thing sit on Thursday and not look at it and not, uh, you know, I'm still praying. I'm still reading Thursday to Sunday morning. Pretty much. I just leave it alone. You didn't touch it. Yeah. I tried to leave it alone. Um, because I think there's a, um, helpful thing in in the gestational period where you just let, you let it rest. You know, um, and so then I would just wake up early. You know, I, I that was time I did have. I, yeah. I could wake up early and do that, um, and it didn't. Um, uh, what's the right word for it? it? It didn't impede on my job. You know, it didn't make me too tired to where I couldn't work and give my all at work. You know, because my job wasn't paying me to to be a pastor. My job was paying me to install cable, and so I needed to be faithful to my work. Um, and uh, and yet I still needed to be faithful to teach and preach the Bible well. Uh, and so God was really faithful to use the time I had, but I had to be willing to give him the time that I did have. I, you know, I couldn't say, well, I'm just tired. I don't feel like it. Or, you know, like the, the guy that you're talking about before, you know, Another I just, worship I just yeah, we're going to worship Sunday. We did not yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So then one day you are now no, you've quit your job at Comcast. Mm-hmm. You wake up. It's Monday. Yeah. What'd you do? Like, did you sleep in? <laughs> um, no, uh, I think that's part of my, maybe it's a problem I have, but it's part of that whole discipline thing. I, I remember one, uh, I think it was last year, not, not this, this previous year, but the last year, I'm not really big on um, New Year's resolutions, but my wife said, hey, what's your New Year's resolution? And I looked at her with all honesty and I said, I want to be disciplined in all areas of life. Mm. And she just laughed at me like, you're ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you set the bar so high? It's unattainable, you know, but it's truly, it's just really genuinely the way I think I, I want to be really disciplined in everything. Um, and so I'm constantly trying to add to that. How can I be more disciplined physically, um, mentally? Um, one of the things that, that I've recently been thinking about is being disciplined with rest because one of the things that ministry does is it tends to give you lots of freedom and you will use your freedom to either be really lazy or really overwork. Uh, and that's just a personality trait for people. Right. You're either going to be one or the other. Yeah. And I tend toward overwork. Yeah, me too. Uh, and so because I do, I actually have to be disciplined about rest and recreation. Mm-hmm. I have to kind of schedule it, which yeah. may sound weird to some people. But if I don't, 
I'll just be a workaholic. Like my wife's out of town right now and she's worried that I'm just going to neglect our children. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, um, those kinds of things. So no, there wasn't like a, yay, I get to sleep in kind of a thing. In fact, it was the opposite um, to where my wife had to pull me aside and say, Hey, you are working 60 to 70 hours a week. You need to, you need to rein it back. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure that there are benefits to being a full-time pastor, totally dedicated to church and working a lot on the church. Um, but I, I wonder if you would say, what are some of the, like, what are some of the things you miss Mm -hmm. from like the good old days, right? The good old Comcast days. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, some of, some of what I miss is, uh, just the simplicity of things. You know, um, as things grow, they just get more complex. And as layers of complexity come, there's just a disconnect between what you're doing and why it matters. And, you know, pastorally, just with the people themselves. Um, There was a day when I knew everybody in the church and I knew them pretty well. Um, and today it's just, that's just not the case anymore. You know, there's, there's too many people for me to know everybody and there's, you know, I know them in terms of just a, a general kind of surface level relationship, but I don't know everybody really well. You know, I don't really know what's going on in their lives. So I, I definitely miss that. Um, there's also uh, sort of a, that's more of a church size thing as opposed yeah. to like a, like a time commitment being yeah. divided, Di- divided. Yeah. But I think that, so f- for, for me with where we're at with the church, the reason that I was bivocational was because of the size of the church. The church couldn't support my salary. I see. So as the church was, I, I know some guys, they raise support or whatever. So those so are related. No, they were related. Yeah. They're related in my mind. Do you miss like going to work? Were there any benefits to, I think there's some benefits to that in terms of just being around non-believers. You know, um, I didn't have to go find people who didn't know Jesus. I, I had relationships with them and, uh, we talked all the time about things and my direct supervisor, you know, was just, you know, were were guys who weren't saved. And so being able to bring the gospel into those scenarios just through my work ethic and conversations and, um, just random things that would happen. You know, some of the guys, you know, it's a, it's sort of a construction type industry. Um, and so, uh, a lot of the guys are, are rough and, uh, you know, they, they, when we're in the shop getting equipment and, and getting ready for the day, they had some pretty rough things to say. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was interesting because I told them right from the beginning that I'm, I'm planting a church. And, and so that's what I'm here to do. And uh, so they knew me as a pastor. Um, and uh, so it was, it was interesting that, that I was outed like that right from the very beginning. Yeah. And so it just put me in this position where people would, they would talk to me differently or they would try to poke at me with random questions. You know what I mean? And it was just, it, it, it led to some interesting conversations. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been full-time for a while, of course, uh, since I've been in Colorado, but when I was in Hungary, there were times like pockets where I would have various jobs. And I, I personally, uh, I didn't need those jobs, but I wanted to do Mm. them. I I missed that a little bit. And I remember before I even moved to Hungary as a missionary, I had two summers where I worked in a warehouse delivering furniture, assembling and, uh, that kind of stuff. And I loved it. I honestly, it was like, I woke up every morning and prayed like, Lord, what are you going to do today? Hmm. It was exciting. Yeah. And there's a degree to where I miss that. And one of the things I think about is like guys who are bivocational, I think some of them, um, 
man, you know, they can only see the downsides. Sure. To it. Yeah. It's in, it's impeding on my time. And yeah. yeah. And I don't have time to study and prepare like I'd like to, or et cetera. I could invest so much time, which are all true. Yeah. And, but man, there's a, there's also a way in which there are some really huge blessings. And well, I think part of it as well, as you're talking is just the, the whole ability to live in this different way by faith in the Lord it's different when you you're able to say okay i've got 20 hours i can give to preparing this message but when you're when you're looking at it going i've got maybe four yeah you know um there's a different sense of i'm trusting god for this in, in a different way and living by faith that way and when god comes through you know you're just you're amazed you know just as much as everyone else is that you know, the lord spoke to them you're you're thinking yeah you don't know what i came up here with you know <laughs> right um, right every week is like a small miracle yeah, yeah. Every, every single time you know yeah. so i think that's really good cool hey cody thanks for being here i, I really hope this will be helpful for many of our listeners yeah. and this whole topic i think is is something which uh you know you've given us some great insight into and, and i'm sure that people are going to glean a lot from it so right any closing thoughts um i think that uh you know just just as we're talking the the big thing that really stands out to me is discipline matters a lot so mm. just be be given over as much as you can um, there's a lot that you have to do, um, but there's an even bigger part that the Lord has to do. Don't worry about the part that God has to do. Only he can do that. Trust him with it. But you've got to do the part that you've got to do. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, it's been a real treat to be able to listen into that conversation. And I'm really glad to rebroadcast it because I know that it's going to be a help to others as well. Uh, be sure to check the show notes uh, because there's going to be some links to some of Cody's uh, main session addresses uh, that he's given over the years at our training events and also a panel discussion from New Jersey where uh, Cody and others spoke about, the again, the challenges and the blessings of bivocational ministry. So we have more bivocational content uh, that already has been released, and we plan on creating or curating or seeking out more bivocationally relevant uh, ministry-type tools uh, for those of you that are serving in the church while being employed uh, in a secular vocation. Okay, I hope that this episode and all that we do helps you to grow in your personal study and public proclamation of God's Word. Mm-hmm.